Good afternoon, global citizens, and warmest greetings to everyone, listeners, participators, collaborators, helpers, people who have assisted us with attention, with advice in these 54 countries where TAF International 2020 organization is present right now. We thank you for your time and we thank you for your help. So today is a very sad day for justice because as I'm learning about the world, educating myself about human rights, because it's a constant education, because there are rules and there are laws that bind and protect our global peace, our justice, and our human rights. But at times, there are also people, parties, that refuse to understand the importance of human rights, the necessity for the respect of human rights, because we cannot live in a global world, a global democracy, where COVID-19, a disease, a human virus, is showing us there is really nothing that separates us, not our borders, not our passports, not our unions, not our organizations, nothing. But we continue to find ourselves in a world where there are constant forms of classes of people that are being formed or have to be formed just for the fact that they feel like they need to be represented and respected as human beings with human rights. So I told many people that I speak many languages, about seven now I feel comfortable in speaking and communicating and understanding, but I've had the honor of immersing myself in these languages, in the culture, in tradition, in learning from the people, the natives of these countries, how to communicate, how to speak, how to understand, how to pronounce. So this is me saying that it's not just about speaking seven different languages, it's about understanding seven different languages, expressing myself in seven different ways, if you want to think about it, in that psychological and human sense. That means that when I watch the news, when I watch YouTube, when I confront human and international news of justice, human rights, public health, our environment, I perceive and I understand seven different ways of a story that is the same story, but if it's told in English, it's told a certain way, it's expressed a certain way, because there's so much vocabulary that exists in English. If it's told in Spanish or in French or in Portuguese or in other, any other language, then it's expressed differently. So when I watch the news now, especially now in this day and age of COVID, I see constant pain, but not just in my native language of English, I see constant and I feel constant pain in seven different languages, seven different forms of expression, seven different forms of pain. That's painful pain. I don't know if this is making the sense that I would like for it to make so that it's understood, at least for as a, as a, as a form of expression, but also as a way of life, because that is diplomacy. I have had to put myself in incredibly uncomfortable situations, going to places to meet people, to talk to people that someone else might not have the time or the place to put themselves in those situations, but that's diplomacy. So when I speak to people face to face, when I watch the news and I feel and I see and I understand and I dream 
in these seven languages about what I understand, but it's not a it's not a nightmare because yes, it's a dream because it's a message that my brain has interpreted from a conversation and perceived through basic knowledge and our brain and how it interacts with how information is processed, especially in a dream. I see myself doing nothing else. I see myself committed and dedicated to nothing else in this world and in this lifetime because specifically I'm feeling it. I'm seeing it, I'm understanding it, and I'm dreaming. These pains that I see from people, that I perceive that I can hear in the cracks of their voice, I can speak to someone on the phone, hear someone on the news, not see their face, but listen to the cracks in their voice, the change in their intonations when they express themselves. All these things are human messages. The words are what we hear and interpret. But the voice, the tone of voice, the cracks in the voice because someone is maybe scared, someone is suffering in a country, their human rights, they don't feel like a justice system exists, and so many things. And this is a problem across the globe. But the aim is not making everyone happy. The aim is having a fair and just system that every single person does not feel the need to have to fight for a human right. So I, I would like to remind these people we know in 54 countries, seven unions, sorry, seven continents, and basically every union that exists right now in this world about the uh, Convention for the Protection of Human Rights and Fundamental Freedoms, signed in Rome on November 4th, 1950. Considering the Universal Declaration of Human Rights proclaimed by the General Assembly of the United Nations on 10th December 1948. So Article 1 says the obligation to respect human rights. Article 4 says the prohibition of slavery and forced labor. So there are people who feel like their human rights are not being respected and many of them even have a very concrete case. When I walk around the borders of the country I find myself in right now in Spain, I meet a lot of people. But I'm able to bring myself to speak to them in their language so that they're comfortably expressing themselves. How do you find yourself homeless? How do you find yourself without the right to work, to study, to even learn the language of the country you're hosted in because you're a refugee seeker or an asylum seeker? Do you want to stay here? Do you think the society is progressive enough for you? Every single one of them have told me so. But if you are here and you want to be here and you have the right to work here, the right, your human right. Because slavery is not holding someone in chains and not feeding them. When you deny someone their right to live as a free citizen, as they see everyone else around the borders of the same country they're in to have the same right, but they don't know when that right might even exist or not. That is a problem when it comes to Article 4. Article 5 states the right to liberty and security. So if you find yourself in a union, as I've mentioned before, 
all the funds that come to asylum seekers and refugee seekers comes from NATO, the European Union, the African Union, the United Nations, Mercosur, ASEAN. Every single union has put forth something because of this Declaration of Human Rights, not only in the European Union, but also the United Nations. Every Article 6 states that every single citizen, human being, has a human right to a fair trial. Article 7 says, no punishment without law. Article 9 states, the freedom of thought, conscience, and religion. Article 10 states, the freedom of expression. Article 11 states, the freedom of assembly and association. Article 14 states, the prohibition of discrimination. Article 15 states, the derogation in time of emergency. So I've stated these articles before I presented my case, so it's not a bias. Because there's a judge by the name of Oscar Perez Corrales, who has infringed the human right of every single article, the human right of every single person that probably he's confronted and disrespected these articles when it comes to a constitution of justice, of human rights, like that that exists within the European and the borders of the European Union. What I'm trying to avoid is a situation, a constant situation, where I have been in this union for 16 years, I've been around the Kingdom of Spain for seven years, and I look from left to right, from north to south, and I do not see certain citizens progressing. It's not from laziness, it's not from lack of interest, it's not from lack of want or desire. There are many, many reasons why, but they're not part of this article, so I'm not going to get into it. But when a judge can invite citizens and can have them in court, where he is very well aware they're not Spanish-speaking, and they have to defend their fundamental and European human right to exist within the borders of the European Union, to progress, to be protected from slavery and labor, from every article I've stated, whether it's because they are here or it's because of where they've come from and that's why they find themselves here in asylum or refugee asylum status seekers. All I know for a fact is this person has the fundamental human right or these people have the fundamental human right to stand in court free of fear, free of a negative outcome that would drastically destroy the stability of their mental health, the security of their human life, and the dignity of their citizenship. Because for a judge to have people sit in a court where people, defenders, lawyers, are speaking a language in a very small court and the person might not even know what is being said about them, which means that they don't even have a defense to begin. That is, a, that is a horrible infringement of every single article that exists within this convention. The Vienna Convention of 1961, 
the European Union Convention, and the United Nations Conventions. It is impossible for any reason, diplomatic, political, social, societal, financial, which is usually the reason why human beings tend to do what we do to each other. Because unfortunately, we live in a world where a paper, a note, a currency determines life or death, infringement of human rights or non-infringement of human rights, the respect and dignity of people to be able to sit in court and to speak their rights without the fear of threat of someone in a justice system. Telling people, I have seen so many and I just have to look at their faces. Some have anger, but behind that anger, I know what is going on. My human right is being infringed and I'm afraid. Behind that fear, the crying, the men, the young boys, the women. What I see is I'm supposed to be here protected and I might be better here than where I come from. But this is not what I expected. This is not what I was promised. This is not what I hoped for. So how are we respecting human rights if we're juggling and bouncing people back and forth? Because for any reason it may exist, eventually it comes back. And everyone is paying the consequences now in the form of COVID. So the best way in form to find real global solutions to our problems in public health, our problems in sustainable development, our problems in justice systems, our problems in human rights and infringement of human rights, it has to be a collective narrative where people, asylum seekers, refugee seekers can actually show up in court. Many of them have court cases and they're too afraid to show up in court because it means staying or leaving. But if they've been in a country for one year, two years maybe, three years in the system, and they're not lucky enough to meet the right kind of Spanish person, maybe who will help them with classes, maybe who will help them with something, how do they integrate? But to have a judge, an enemy of progress, of democratic progress, have people sit in a court where things are being said about them, there's no translator, some of them are threatened by people within the same system. If you don't do this, this will be the only outcome you have. From what I understand, this is not European. And because it's not European, it has to be denounced. Because that is the only way the real change occurs. Because when you try to fix things by diplomacy, which I have dedicated myself in the past at least two years, for this very reason, this political crisis, this diplomatic crisis, of migration that can be for any reason in the beginning at this point we are infringing human rights when a judge like Oscar Perez Corrales 
a magistrate can do that to a citizen knowing he's being recorded or not shows he either does not care about his job or he's so comfortable in the system that he works in that that is a practice and not an an event or an occasion. I know for a fact that all these citizens are too afraid to open their mouth to speak the truth based on what they've been accused of or not. I speak for them. I speak for their voices. And every single time I see injustice, I will speak it. If I see corruption, I will speak it. If I see the infringement of human rights, of justice, disrespect to our environmental systems and public systems, the human right to have a public health system, I will speak it. And that is my fundamental human right as a medical diplomat. I cannot hold a voice, a name, a title of a president of an organization that is supposed to be the respect of a group of people from a certain union. And I try to involve myself in the best part of the job and I keep the bad, the hard parts aside. This is why I face people in their languages. This is why I put that dedication in because I knew this would have to be a lifetime achievement a career, a hope, a dream. Rome was not built in a day. Nor was this convention signed in Rome in 1950. But if the conversations are not, if these these people that now have met me, have trusted me enough to tell me and share their stories, they're still too afraid to come and be recorded in an international conversation like this, knowing that nothing will really happen to them. But it's fear. It's psychology. It's psychological fear. The one that cripples you to the point where you're not thinking straight. You're not understanding things correctly. So this is how I'm going to continue my court case, my international court case, with the population, with the citizens, with the people of these 54 countries where we have established ourselves as an organization, as a people, as public health diplomats. Because this is the only way that real change will occur. We're not just saying enough is enough, but actually acting within the rights, within the articles of our conventions, and reminding people why these articles and conventions that were signed long ago, but are sitting somewhere in dust, have to be reevaluated. How many of them do we still respect, is what we need to ask ourselves. So I'm going to leave this as I move on to the next group of people, because it's been a police officer, a diplomat, and now a judge. There's obviously something wrong with the system. I hope everyone has an amazing week and I stay tuned as we continue this investigation. This is a real public health investigation to stop these constant infringements of human rights within borders and countries all around the world where when they're addressed, no one knows how, when, or where because people are too afraid to speak up 
facts have been destroyed, evidence is not being respected, and articles and constitutions and conventions, basic articles and constitutions and inventions, conventions of human rights in 2021 are still not being respected. So I'm not a judge, but I know what justice is because I study the justice system. And I know that Mr. Oscar Perez Corrales, magistrate, is officially under investigation. And I, as I continue to gather legal evidence, I will soon be presenting this to Vienna, where the Vienna Convention for Diplomacy and International Human Rights were signed, and Strasbourg, France, the European Union Court of Human Rights. Thank you.